0: Whitaker Weekly is a three-episode in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. I'm Andrew. I'm Lee, and this is Whitaker Weekly. Let's get right to it, you guys. Uh, so first off, uh, let's cover the news. You found some great news for us this week. Oh yeah. Um,
1: so I-, I discovered that both My Hero Academia is getting a second movie, and Demon Slayer is getting its first movie. I still need to finish that. It's really good. The last episode just came out, and so uh, okay. the end of apparently the the end of the last episode really. Brings into the next uh, the next arc, which is going to be introduced by the movie. Okay, and so uh, it's all interconnected. So something to do with a uh, they call uh, in the Japanese they call it the Mugen Train. Uh, in the English subtitles they call it the Infinity Train. Okay, um, and uh, but yeah, it was kind of interesting seeing that uh, the My Hero Academia movie two is coming out right in the um, right in December. Which makes me wonder if that means it's coming out right as, is that when the season's planning on ending? Is that when episode, is that, because we're getting uh, episode one of season four here pretty soon, if it hasn't already dropped by the time this episode uh, airs. Maybe,
0: I don't know, I mean, possibly, I mean, that's going to be uh, the end of the season. I mean, so... we're
1: We're in October now, and they said that episode one of season four is dropping in October, I just didn't know exactly when, so I'm going to have to look that up
0: probably i think um, it's the fourth i could be wrong though don't quote me on that
1: well if it is and it's
0: feel free to correct me in the comments you guys um <laughs> we'll probably have looked it up by the time it get, it's posted but anyway so so that's real excited and then you found some other bit of news that was more you know telling me about it and then you decided to post it here <laughs> so
1: uh yes yes um it turns out Critical Role is getting Funko Pop action figures and more. According to a comicbook.com article, um, McFarlane Toys uh, is uh, and Funko Pop is working together with uh, the cast of Critical Role to uh, make um, figurines, action figures
0: and the like for them. That's really, really cool. But uh, the, about Funko Pop, I keep getting out, and they keep pulling me back in. <laughs> I keep stopping. I'm like, no more Funko Pop. I'm done. And then they do stuff like this. Yeah. And if they, got, if they have uh, Funko Pop of Vox Machina, the, the, the group from Season 1, oh, Campaign 1 of Critical Role, yeah. Uh, like, I'm okay not getting it for... Uh, campaign two it's fine it's just not the same to me doesn't speak the same way to me that uh, campaign one did um, it's great it's popular people love it that's fine just not really the same to me um, mm-hmm. but if it's if they have campaign one stuff oh man and actually I just got an email letting me know that uh, because um, in season one campaign one they jumped into the middle of the story like they had been playing this game for years at home and they just kind of jumped in when they started um, streaming it um, So in order to tell people the backstory of Vox Machina and how they got together, they've been coming out with comics. Last year they came out with six issues. Now they're in ARC 2 and they're coming out with a new one each month for the next several months. I've got the hardcover. uh, I've got all the digital ones uh, purchased. Uh-huh. I've got the hardcover on pre order and that should be coming out in a couple of weeks. Uh, hardcover where it's the collection of all six issues of the first season. But what, 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 what? You're making. I, mess. I gotta
1: admit, I gotta admit, when the moment you did what you did, I had to Google it and yes, there are Godfather Funko Pops. Gosh. There's,
0: there's Funko Pops the, everything. There's one of the
1: Vito Corleone petting a cat.
0: I saw. A mock-up. I don't know if it actually went into production. If it did, then this is another Funko Pop I will buy. But it was a Funko Pop of Tony Stark with the Infinity Gauntlet. (laughs) That was so cool. I am just like, oh, 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 man. All right. So anyways, so and then I found a little bit of news. And um, I'm a massive Kaiju fanboy. Um, I guess not really Kaiju, more of a Godzilla fanboy. But I do love the Kaiju genre. The Criterion Collection is going to be releasing... The Showa-era Godzilla movies in an 8-disc Blu-ray box set. Mm -hmm. The Showa-era, for those of you who don't know, it was the reign of Emperor Showa from 1926 to 1989. And Japan, they usually have their years, like Showa 1 is their year one, but it's everyone else is 1926. I can't remember what the current era is, uh, but anyways, he... uh, Oh, it's the Reiwa. Okay, it was Heisei when I was in Japan, uh, but now it's now it's uh, the Reiwa era started this year. Actually, oh. um, but anyways, uh, yeah. So that's the Showa era. So it's fifteen movies that were made between nineteen fifty four and nineteen seventy five. All Godzilla um, movies include all Godzilla movies, including the original Gojira, which is a masterpiece in cinematography. Hmm. I, as far as I'm concerned, it's one of the best movies ever made. It's phenomenal. Um, uh, yeah. So I I have it pre-ordered myself. I am putting money aside for it because it is pricey. Um, but I am very excited for this to come out. Later on this month, actually, it should be out by the end of October. Um, October 29th is when, it, when it's coming out. Yeah. So anyways... Um, Speaking of which, I just watched a couple of episodes during my lunch break at work today of uh, Everything Great About, or uh-huh. Cinema Wins. Yes. And they did Everything Great About uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which came out this year, which uh-huh. I loved that movie. It was incredible. Um, and then I watched the one he just released this last week of Kong Skull Island. Oh. So. Because
1: I, I remember the one you had me watch. That was the um, the Brian Cranston yeah, Godzilla. the 2014 one the mm-hmm. 2014 Godzilla where uh, the, the wind counter the um, wind Godzilla <laughs>
0: ding, 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 breath- yeah, ding,
1: ding. Godzilla um Godzilla rips open the mouth of his enemy and breathes nuclear blast right into into his gullet mm-hmm. and the wind counter just starts skyrocketing
0: and he passes out was, oh, oh,
1: what was that what is, it's, it's great cool. go watch happening? it
0: what? go yeah. watch it after you watch this yeah, but then he uh, he does something similar in the in the uh, in one of the Godzilla versus uh, King Ghidorah fights. Okay. Uh, King Ghidorah is the three headed dragon uh, uh-huh. from space. Uh Yeah, and he like I I forget exactly which one it is, but he does it, and it's just the wind counter just goes up again because of how awesome it is. But anyway, uh, so yeah, that's it for the news. Uh, let's get right into our three episodes in, and you picked it this week, so why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners uh, or our viewers. However, they are hopefully listening or paying attention to us. Please, please give us attention. Um, uh, Why don't you go ahead and tell them what we watched.
1: Okay, so um, we're moving into October. And I kind of thought it would be fun to have a bit of a transition between uh, our September theme of um, Schools with a Twist into October. Which our thing will be, uh, you know, traditional uh, monsters in anime.
0: Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I I guess I cheated a little bit for mine, but uh, <laughs> for my pick. But uh, anyways, or
1: or or maybe okay. So I'm not entirely sure exactly. We're doing a Halloween theme for for October, and yeah. however we're doing that, we're not we're not necessarily specifically monsters. But it turns out I wanted to go a bit of a transitional period, so I picked Little Witch Academia. Mm-hmm. Um, the <clears throat> Uh, which is currently uh, streaming live on Netflix. And Netflix has the following uh, synopsis it reads, Ako enrolls in the Luna Nova Witchcraft Academy. She's not the best student, but her bright attitude is the key to her and her friend's success. Um, Not, not a lot there. Not, not as uh wordy as, you know, the crunchy roll synopses tend to be. Yeah. Um, but it's it's enough, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's a great little show so far. uh, we both watched the first three episodes um first episode uh actually you know, i I don't know what what order this came in, but this show does borrow a lot from Harry Potter in certain ways um for example, there is a uh Okay. Uh, An idea that she had to be at a certain place at a certain time to get to her school.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, So, so there was, and she thought it was a bus stop. And so she's asking everybody around town, you know, where the bus stop for this is. And eventually some kids tell her there are no bus stops in this town. Mm. -hmm. Uh, And then in a cute bit of animation, she sits on a hill looking at the map going, this is so vague. Where am I supposed to go? And then she sees a little structure on her map, and then looks on the hill and sees the structure up the hill, right, directly above where she where she's sitting, and just this quick little you know double take. It's absolutely adorable that she does, and finds the uh, finds where she's trying to get to. And on her way up the hill,
0: she meets Susie. Well we're jumping ahead just a little bit uh the very beginning it shows her at this magic show and she's a six-year-old girl and i just wanted to go ahead and point this uh point out uh that and uh, the animation of this show is is beautiful in a way i mean sometimes it feels jaggy and you know poorly animated but the overall quality i think is just tremendous for this show um and it's this beautiful, beautiful magic show. And you see her as this little girl just completely enthralled by it. Uh, that said, uh, it's very much a game of let's pick the main character or let's spot the main character <laughs> at the very beginning. Because there's the witch who's performing all these incredible spells and doing this spectacular mm-hmm. show. And then literally everybody else in the audience is blue with like black outlines. Um, except for Akko, or Atko, uh, the main character. Yes. Uh, so, and yeah, so... I forgive it for that just because honestly it doesn't really matter and you're supposed to be focusing on her anyways and that's an easier way to help focus on her and her reactions during that during right. that day. Right. Um, and that's a
1: and that's a mm-hmm. very important thing that I skipped over was the fact that she as a young child was inspired by this event that uh she's seeing all this magic and seeing these wonderful things and wondering um yeah and dedicating her life to trying to find a way into the magic community mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and well, eventually she was... she, eventually she does and eventually she's accepted into this academy and apparently um on her way up she she's she is the she is the talkative wants to be everyone friend archetype and she runs into this girl who looks like a cross between Fluttershy and Raven from teen Titans <laughs> and well...
0: her name is Susie. there's another bit that i wanted to cover when she first arrives at that town and she's super excited because she's finally at the town where her idol went to school this magician went to school Uh and she's super excited she's super happy and she's a very bubbly energetic girl um she's a lot of fun to watch a whole lot of fun to watch um she reminds me a bit of the sidekick in um
1: uh kill a kill
0: Okay, yeah, I could see that.
1: I could there, see there that there seems to be some animation. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if I found out that the like an animation director shared uh, credits on these two projects. I'm not. Really? I, don't I don't know. I haven't
0: looked it up, but I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. to find out. But anyways, uh, she gets there and she's so excited that she starts spinning around. And at the end of her spinning, she leans over and goes. <laughs> I I didn't even catch that. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't actually vomit anything. It's just she leans over and makes that noise that she's so excited and so energetic that she made herself dizzy and sick uh, or queasy to the stomach because of how much she spun. Anyways, that's just a great great introduction to the character to kind of let you know what her personality is. Uh, So anyways, now we can go ahead and get to where she meets uh, Susie. Yes. Well, she she runs
1: into well she literally runs into Susie and drops everything in her backpack because she's not paying attention to where she's going. She's she's she has such a she's literally focused on where she's going to that she doesn't see the path she's taking to get there. Runs into somebody Mm -hmm. and she drops everything out of her backpack and looks up and then sees a girl with uh, dreary pink hair uh, covering up one eye
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, and a pale face and um bland expression uh kind of looking down on her um and not saying anything but when she but because she sees that she's holding a broom she realizes she must be going to the uh the witchcraft academy the luna nova witchcraft academy too mm-hmm. and so she immediately tries to start, strike up a conversation she's prattling on this that and the other thing and eventually without saying a word Susie pulls out a vial, pops the cork, lets one drop fall into this plushie of a bird, and the bird is animated. It comes to life,
0: and is it which Akko corp- is just so blown away? She thinks it's the coolest thing ever.
1: So she gets real close to it, and what does it do to her face? It,
0: pecks- it stabs her in the eye with its beak. It pecks her right in the eye. <laughs>
1: To which we start to get a glimpse of Susie's um, demeanor in that regard. Um, but Aiko uh, pays no mind to it and can't wait to make friends with this person she met. And so she packs up her stuff and has the bird bounce on her head while she's walking along across a bridge. Uh, there's a stone bridge over a river on the way up to the, uh, the this, uh, I don't even know what it is, a tower or something on the hill, a couple stories tall. Uh, two or three, mm-hmm. um, that they're heading to, um, and that's when, um, Susie turns around to stop Aiko's talking and offers her a hand, and Aiko admire takes it with both hands and shakes, and that's when a couple of snakes come out of Susie's sleeve and wraps them- wrap themselves around Aiko's hand. And she screams and falls off the bridge into the r- into the uh, stream. And then when she g- gets up, she realizes that she's ha- that the snakes have turned have been restored to their original form. A couple of ropes mm-hmm. that have ma- made their way around her arms.
0: In, <laughs> thought, In other words, this okay. girl wants to be left alone. Go away. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, she takes the hint and leaves Susie alone and walk and get composes herself and makes her way back up to the top of the hill at the top of the hill. there's three girls there who talk about uh, who who they're you're they're your stereotypical gang of girls who like the status quo and do not like newcomers or change and are gossiping about how the school is going downhill because they're allowing commoners instead of just witch instead of uh pure blood witches to um come into the school. And that's when Aiko comes up and is going to say hi and make friends with them. When she overhears what they're saying, and mm-hmm. starts to be very embarrassed about the, the, her situation. Mm-hmm. And that's when they rub it in, and saying, "Okay, if you're late for, um, if it, they they establish the next consequence in the story is that if she is late for opening ceremony, she is immediately expelled. Mm-hmm. And apparently, the only way to get to opening ceremony. Is to fly a broom up the central shaft of the tower Mm -hmm. into a ley line that runs between
0: where they are to the school that they're going to. Uh Which honestly, to me, at first, sounded like those two girls were just trying to, you know, get her to give up, get her to go away, so they could keep the school just for pure blood witches. Uh Um, But later on, it's revealed that no, that's not the case. If you are late, you will be expelled from the school. (laughs) So, so they
1: they didn't need to make that up. They they just delighted in the fact and and clearly eiko didn't bring a broom she's never flown on one before and so she doesn't know how to get up there she tries climbing the vines that are inside and outside the tower but she uh she slips and falls and she slips and falls and lands right in front of another character who's introduced at that point Mm -hmm. um what's her who do we say her name uh lottie Lot. Lottie. Mm-hmm. Lottie. Um, and so Lottie is your uh, shy uh, glasses wearing type um, who after seeing quite a few incredibly sad expression faces on Eiko's face agrees to let her ride on the broom with her. Mm-hmm. But To which Akko different...
0: just gets super excited. She's so happy. <laughs> The facial expressions in this show are amazing. But anyways, let's go ahead and uh, move okay. forward.
1: So the next thing that I have written on my list of things to talk about is as they're traveling through the ley line, it
0: turns out that there's some trouble brewing. <laughs> it's beautiful, too. Like, they fly up. they con- It's a bit heavy. The broom's a bit heavy. They go up and they go into the ley line. And it's just gorgeous, just green energy surrounding them as they're going through. And you you wrote yeah, that. So, yeah. There,
1: yeah, there's a bit of chaos. Uh-huh. And it turns out that uh, Lottie knows that ley lines do not like salt. Did you bring any salt with you? Oh, you mean like pickled plums? Get rid of those. I can't live without these. <laughs> and, then, and so they're, they're flying in the ley line with turbulence. And so they, they can't they're losing all of their stuff, which is a little bit like going to school. With a basket on a pogo stick. To, to uh, reference Brian Regan.
0: <laughs>
1: um, yeah, Brian Regan has a, a bit about... Uh, going to school on a pogo stick with a basket to keep his stuff in it. But that didn't work out too well.
0: Okay, anyways. So... Um.
1: But... Uh, the, so... They eventually cause... Well... One of the things that gets lost, and this is a bit of uh, a karma, is immediately following them into the ley line was Susie, mm-hmm. who um, is minding her own business when the plushie that she had brought to life had been returned, uh, landed on her face after it fell out of Aiko's uh, supplies. It backpack again. again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then Aiko lands on her face. Face to face
0: mm-hmm. as they
1: all collapse and fall out of the ley line into the forbidden forest.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a special name for it, but I didn't write it down. And then like, as they, as they fall, um, we cut to, um, a teacher. Yes. Um, uh, we learned that her name is professor Ursula. Yes. Um, and, uh, anyways, she, um, actually uh, was a little bit of a side tangent real fast. We're big families of Douglas Adams in uh, in our family. Okay, We love his series, his books. They're incredible. We love them. Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, um, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, great books. Today is the 40th anniversary of the release of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I just barely learned that. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, just wanted to say that. Let's get back to it. It cuts to <laughs> Professor uh, Ursula, and yes. a bird in her room starts squawking, and she's like, What is what is it? And the bird keeps and squawking, found, so she knows something. I found up. out that uh, that bird, Ursula
1: gives it a name, uh-huh. calls it by name. I don't remember what the name was, but I do remember that the plushie had the same name as this bird.
0: Mm, okay. But, anyways, um, this bird. Um, Anyways, uh, the bird starts squawking. She says, what's going on? And she casts a spell. And um, this... Some
1: sort of luminary rises up out of the floor.
0: Rises out of the floor. And a beautiful display of the stars. Uh, Astrological... A star map. Star map, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh a, covers a star map ceiling. is broadcast on the ceiling mm-hmm. from this and, luminary. And it's gorgeous. Like, you see you see not only the stars, but also mm-hmm. what they all represent and things like that, with all the constellations. Mm-hmm. That's what I was looking for, constellations. Yes. Um, what they all signify. Um, and she looks over there, and one of the stars, um, if I'm correct, it's actually the constellation of Hercules. I could be wrong, though. Mm-hmm. But underneath his legs, um, a star is glowing... Brighter than the rest, and she's like, Oh no, what's going on? Why there? Uh, You know, and she's talking about, uh, and then she and she mentions the name of the Forbidden Forest. mm -hmm. It then cuts, and then you see kind of this twister, um, land, and the three girls land on top of each other. Yes, um,
1: oh, also, uh, what what uh, I remember happening is uh, uh, Eiko's in a tree waking up, and she falls, and you hear some cracks, and then. One of her prized possessions is a card of um, Shining Chariot. She mm-hmm. has collecting, cl- playable collecting cards that she has, collector's cards mm-hmm. that she has. And it's a big, big character point for her to, that these are her most prized
0: possession, her greatest she treasure. She spent her entire life collecting what she has. She has all but one of the cards. It's revealed later on. So... And,
1: so it lands. So it turns out it lands on her, and all it's like, oh, she's so happy that she's got her treasure. And then as she's sitting up and celebrating, she realizes that she's sitting on, Susie, and so that crunching must have been her spine getting popped at, with the, the sudden thud. And like mm-hmm. I, I I know those sounds. I've been to a chiropractor. I know <laughs> those
0: sounds. So uh, we see that lot. Uh, Lot's broom is now broken, so it's unusable. Um, Susie still has hers. Um, and she casts, uh, like, they're walking through this forest, uh-huh. and Susie is a bit of an alchemist otaku, an alchem- alchemy nerd. She's yes. all about super rare parts and pieces, uh, ingredients, and I guess lethal I say. poisons. And lethal poisons. Uh, mm-hmm. She loves poisons. Um, there's even a scene, because they, all, all these three girls end up rooming up, rooming together, but they even, uh because they're problem children and therefore need to be kept an eye on at the same time. Um, (laughs) They, uh, there's a scene where they are experiment where the other two are just waking up. Um, Lot or Lottie and um, Akko are both just waking up and uh, Susie is already up and she's experimenting with her deadly poisons. And one of the poisons is dangerous enough that she puts on a gas mask, but doesn't warn the other girls about it. Yes. So anyways, um
1: and, and one of the, and so she's actually de- declared that she was never intending to go to the school. She intended to go to this forest to collect ingredients. Mhm. So she's where she intended to be anyway.
0: Mhm. Um but then like yeah and so she, and she's there collecting ingredients and they're going with her because uh they don't want to, you know, be separated uh, cuz this is a dangerous place. Um I forget what sets it off, but Lucy um has the girls, the other two girls, or not, uh, Susie, not Lucy, I put her name down wrong, let me go ahead and change that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susie, she tells the, uh, other girls to stand in this circle of rope that she's just made, and then she, they do so, she casts a spell, and the ropes become a cage, and anybody who has an ounce of intelligence, meaning not the two other girls, um, will know that that's a cage. Yes. She just put them in a cage, but Akko is just so impressed by this spherical cage of rope that she's just like, that's incredible. What a great spell. And Susie then tricks Akko into saying a spell herself. She's like, say this spell. And Akko says it. And Susie's like, no, 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 no. Say it louder from your gut. And she gets so frustrated with Susie that... Akko gets so frustrated with Susie that she just belts out this spell as loud as she can and then nothing happens and it's actually kind of an intense moment like oh she's gonna wake up to her magical powers and things like that yeah no she um you hear a cry in the distance some trees start shaking Mm-hmm. and then this massive rooster head breaks out from the top of the trees yep It's a cockatrice. For those of you who don't know what that is, it is a monster that you do not want to fight. It has the head, uh, the body of a rooster, and it's instead of a regular rooster tail, it's got the tail of a uh, cobra.
1: Yeah, the tail is the head of a cobra or
0: another venomous snake. I could be wrong about uh, about it being a cobra. Um, But anyways, this cobra then, um, well, like. And not only that, but it has dragon-like wings, where it can also breathe fire, and it can breathe turn you.
1: It has it has petrification it, breath petrification and breath fire as breath. well.
0: Yeah. So in some legends, it's just its its gaze can turn you to stone, yeah, but in it, this one, it's it's the breath.
1: Yeah, it um, uh, it's yeah. In I want to say it's in Greek mythology because mm-hmm. you know it it borrows a bit from Medusa as well. They're just certain creatures there. Gaze turned you to stone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was that was a thing. Um, <laughs> they even had one of My Little Pony that started turning people to stone. That was fun. Actually, one of the interesting things about that show is when the first episode, the first two-parter is like, oh, it's a manticore. <laughs> and they're like, oh, they're actually calling it a manticore. This is legitimately, they're throwing in Greek monsters into
0: this show. Good. Yeah. But, uh, anyways, uh, so. Yeah. (laughs) So, so Susie then flies off and says, uh, those, it's feathers are some of the most poisonous things in the entire world. And it's what I came here to get. Well, really, really? So what are you going to do? You're going to distract for us? No, actually you're my sacrifice. And she just flies off behind the bird and she learns. doesn't care about these people at all. No, she doesn't care about them at all. Um, and she, uh, She also tells them what the spell really meant, which is pretty much just calling out the cockatrice. Yeah. It's saying you're a big, ugly. Uh, I don't want to curse, but you know, it's like saying you're a big, ugly turd. Um, come fight me. It's like come at me, bro type thing. And the cockatrice <laughs> comes after the two other girls. <laughs> well, the two girls. Um, start they start running the in, the,
1: in the spherical cage.
0: Yeah. They start running like it's a big hamster ball. Yeah. And they can't slow down. No, they can't. Oh, well, they also don't want to. Oh. Um, but Susie then gets the um, gets the feather. The the girls trip and fall, and the keg, cage breaks. Um, Lottie is about to uh, to fall down a cliff, but um, but Akko saves her, um, and they uh, and they um, they see that uh, Susie's now in danger. Uh, Susie's in a lot of danger because of um, you know, the the cockatrice felt Susie take one of its feathers and it's just like, uh, yeah, no. So it starts attacking Susie. Susie starts flying around and stuff um, and then Akko, seeing that Susie's in danger even though Susie is terrible and has been terrible to them, um, Akko decides that she needs to save her. She then runs and once again shouts the spell that's calling out the uh the cockatrice, gets the cockatrice to follow her, and leads her into Mandrangora, which we already ast- which we we didn't cover this, but they come across a bit yeah, of shortly Mandrangora after which They is... reunited and got their stuff back. They ran mm-hmm. into a man-eating plant. Yep. A man-eating plant known as a Mandrangora. Um and the uh she leads the cockatrice into the man mandrangora nest. Um, and the two of them end up fighting. And uh, Susie then comes down, and having already picked up Lot, um, mm-hmm. and gives her a ride, and the three of them are riding off on this broom. Mm-hmm. Um... Oh no, that's right! I remember what happens now. Uh, well, I didn't really for—I wasn't trying to remember, but I just like she gets a she gets a special wand. Akko gets a special wand, and she gets that wand because she goes up to save um, to save Susie, even though Susie was being e- mean to her. This wand just appears in front of her. Um, uh,
1: it happens as she's she's saying the words of inspiration to herself as she's helping uh, Lot with a skinned knee walk back up the hill. It's like and, something
0: like if you believe in yourself, then that's your magic. Something along those lines. Yeah, it's,
1: it's something very similar to what Shining Chariot said in her magic show about um, magic being mm-hmm. about magic being something you believe in and. Um, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So, and, and so like there's this, this wand has like five or seven gems set into it kind of like materia or something. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and with every utterance, one of those gems starts to glow until she says exactly the thing necessary to summon this wand to visibility. And then she just sees it there. As she mm-hmm. as she crests the hill and then has it, like, mm-hmm. and she recognizes it. She recognizes it as, um, uh, shining chariot's wand. Yep. Because so. of course she would, mm-hmm. how much fan girl she is. Oh uh, yeah,
0: but, yeah
1: she, but now that she has this, uh, now that she has this weapon.
0: Yeah. Now that she has this weapon, she. Um, well, anyways, the three girls are are flying off. And as they're flying off, the Cockatrice has defeated the Mandrangora and is now flying off after them and is breathing fire at them. This is the first time we see it breathing fire. Up until that point, it's just been its, its stone, uh, smoke stone breath. Yes. Um, Petrification breath, I guess we should call it. Yeah. Um, and as they are fleeing, uh, the broom that they're on, the last broom, uh, Suzy's broom, gets hit by the fire. And uh, the broom then gets destroyed and they all start falling. As they're falling, that's when Ursula Sensei appears. Mm -hmm. And Ursula sensei sees or sees that um, that Akko has that wand Mm -hmm. uh, has shining chariots wand. And so she says she's pretty sure cast, she casts a spell because she starts speaking directly into Akko's mind and tells her what spell to cast. Yes. And Akko tells her exactly what to say. Akko then says those things and the wand one of the gems at the very top starts shining orange instead of green. The rest mm. of them then start glowing green. The wand opens up and morphs into a bow. She then creates an arrow out of magic and shoots it at the ground, recreating an entrance to the ley line beneath them. Yes. And so the three girls fall through this ley line entrance and um, fall through this ley line entrance And we then cut back to the academy, and they're just about to start the opening ceremony. The principal or the headmistress, whatever her name is, or whatever her title is, is almost in giving her speech. Just as the school symbol in the middle of the floor lights up. (laughs) And the three girls fly through it and then land on their butts in front of everyone. And Otko, being who she is is not embarrassed at all by the fact that they've just disrupted this ceremony. And we see Ursula sensei sneak in, in the back and stand at the back of the rest of the teachers. Yes. Um, And. uh, Akko just gets super excited and she's super happy. They made it, they made it in time. It's still the opening ceremony. They're not going to fail. They're not going to get kicked out.
1: Uh, And then they, then uh, a breath later, the strictest of the teachers is walking her to her classroom while telling her, "You're lucky the principal is given you leeway to stay after the shenanigans yep. you pulled. If so you better be
0: appreciated." You right out type thing.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then she's sent to this room, and then finds out that her new roommates
0: are the girls are mm-hmm. Susie and Lottie, and. Um, and that's when that teacher says, you're all such troublemakers. We decided to keep you together so we can keep a better eye on you type thing. <laughs> um, which which um, they're happy about. Well, I'm not so sure about Susie. Susie has kind of opened up to them, though. Like, she realizes that uh, that well, o- Sh- Akko is a good person. Akko. Um,
1: okay, so, uh, so I don't know if we actually covered this. But during the fight with the Cockatrice, Cockatrice realized that um, Susie was closer and had one of its feathers. And so it started attacking her. And when Akko rescued Susie by getting its attention away from her and back to herself again, Sus- that's when Susie started warming up to these two as, you know, maybe they're okay. And once the cockatrice was uh, ensnared with the mandrake, Korra, um, Susie, who still had a broom, let Akko and... Uh, um. Oh, it's an, uh, let Ako and uh Lottie ride on her broom with her away which she w- wouldn't have done if she hadn't warmed up to them mhm mhm first as a personality mm-hmm. so so the first episode was all about them getting together mm-hmm. and kind well, of one another
0: episode 1 ends with uh with Ursula Sensei kind of smiling to herself in her room again yes um anyways um episode 2 um Starts off uh, with the girls waking up. We see um, in their room, uh, we see um, uh, Susie. She's doing her experiments and stuff. She turns a little spider into a little crystal with her poisons and whatnot. And this is like, we both just love the facial animations in this show. Because she just like, you can see Susie's smile, even though she's wearing a gas mask. Uh, Just how her eye curves up. You can see... In your head you can just see the rest of her smile perfectly. Yeah. Um that she's it's so excited there. that what that poison did. Um anyways,
1: uh Yeah, so so she was distilling poisons on her desk in the middle of the night in the room mm-hmm. that the other two that all three of them sleep in. So and then just she's there early in the morning doing that. Um we see that uh Akko sleeps on so there's three beds. There's a bunk bed on one side of the room and a single bed on the other side of the yeah. room. And Akko sleeps on the bottom of the bunk bed. Um, Susie on the other side, Lottie on the top bunk. Mm-hmm. And in the and we see that there's a poster under the bunk bed right next to where she sleeps that is a Shining Chariot poster. Uh-huh. Um, and that's when uh, Akko pulls out the wand. It's like, oh, it wasn't a dream! and she just goes gushing about this uh want to the, her friends and says yes we know we heard you the first
0: 100 times yeah we, we know but so they they get ready and they go to classes and then we we run across uh the two teachers the super strict one or yes. two of the teachers the super strict one and uh and, ursula. and professor ursula yeah. and professor ursula has been assigned to um teach those three girls to be their pretty much their counselor And this, the the strict teacher is kind of also chastising uh, Professor Ursula for being here as long as she has and still not have the demeanor of a proper teacher.
1: Because something that happened even before then was there was a a teacher council in front of the principal and she slipped up in some way. I don't know if she like... She yawned. She was tired and she dropped her wand. that's it. She yawned loud enough to be heard, which was... a. Which you know they're supposed to be all these prim and proper you know boarding school type people, and uh you know the the strict nun archetype is mm-hmm. what the is what they the other teachers seem to be going for mm-hmm. and um well if if all the other teachers are strict nuns
0: then um what's her, then uh Ursula sensei is a bit uh maria. Oh gosh, yeah. But anyways, uh so Urs it's revealed that Ursula Sensei has been uh or Professor Ursula if you will uh, has been uh assigned to be, you know, um their counselor and she's saying, "Oh, well, I'm going to go ahead and teach the girls in my spare time and help them get caught up in things like that." Yeah. Um but uh largely because but- everyone else would have come from a wizarding family and have
1: a certain root in the basics and uh they know then while. Well, uh Susie and uh, Lottie have those basics, can already fly
0: a broom. Ako doesn't have any of those. Yeah, Akko doesn't. Akko doesn't. Um, uh, anyways, uh, Akko, uh, so, and while they're walking down the hall, Ursula Sensei has uh, a stack of books in her arms and can't really see in front of her. And so as she's talking, she trips over a small little gremlin or whatever creature in front yeah. of her. And she trips forward and launches the books in her air in the air. And I just wrote down: uh, this is a scene. This is Ursula's sensei tripping her way into my heart. Um, she tripping and falling forward, and then catching all of the books. She catches two in one hand, three in another, two on her foot as she's put her foot out and like, kind of raised the foot up to where it could be flat against the books, and then one on her shoulder. Yes, she's got four stacks of these books.
1: Perfectly balanced in some bizarre yoga pose. Mm-hmm.
0: And then she falls that down anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because she can't she can only hop forward so many steps. Yeah. And she's, she's she hops forward like that and then falls down anyways. And yeah. So uh so yeah, she tripped her way into my heart with that scene. Uh but anyways, uh they uh it's next it's next to a montage of um of the classes. Yes. And we see uh, there's a girl Diana uh, who's very who's uh the best student in the school mm-hmm. and there's it's even said that she's going to be the best witch to ever graduate from this academy. um she knows she's the type of student who knows all the answers. she's very she's she's beautiful um mm-hmm. but she's also cold and distant uh, yes. to people. Uh, even the people who she's close to, she kind of uh, you know, yeah, she, never they, drops they, her mask. Never they, drops the attitude that she has. Yeah, she's not. She's not mean. She just has this aura of a different breeding than everybody else. Yeah, which she does. I mean, they they, they do drop the fact that
1: she is from a magical family with fifteen hundred years of history behind them, and so and she's incredibly she's, talented. She is talented. She she's mm-hmm. her while she while. Definitely here in America, that level of haughtiness wouldn't would never fly. There's something in Japan about you know there's because um, reminds me a bit of uh, Kaguya-sama from Love Is War. Mm-hmm. That is that there is this um, this level of aristocracy that she needs to maintain that she can't she can't demean herself to over explain anything or. Uh, that she has that that she has to speak in a very particular manner, and have a certain and, and that's not necessarily something we even really get here in America. But you know, places like England where they actually have monarchies, and Japan where they actually do have uh, a uh, a caste system, mm-hmm. or at least the, the remnants of a caste system within their history. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, that's it's more their culture than ours would ever really mm-hmm. get. Mm -hmm. um but yeah she's she's not a bad person per se but she is very driven to be the best and to live up to the expectations of her family name
0: and now i've got the pokemon theme going through my head thank you for that (laughs) oh you're welcome uh anyways Um, uh
1: first class they're doing they're they're studying this form of ancient rune which
0: she can translate flawlessly and she's the first person in the history of the academy who can translate it yeah,
1: so. and then is and then just sitting there, just, we're, we're we're studying what on our first day of school? I, I have to learn this whole new
0: language and everything. And, like, <laughs> we have this montage of classes, and there's this poison class, oh, or the potion, potion, potion class, potion and classes. Lucy's just like, Lucy has not cared, or not Lucy, Susie has not cared about any of the classes, but she is studying this with, like, glowing eyes, just loving what's happening. Yeah.
1: So so yeah, the teacher's talking about you know throwing in a live frog and new intestines into whatever potion that she's concocting. And this this particular teacher looks like Witch Hazel from the Looney Tunes. Uh not as green, but so. but complete potion witch, the, the, the stereotype you'd expect to see as she's brewing and this green miasma is filling the room the smoke from the cauldron is filling the room and, and she's just getting and, more, and, and, more into
0: it, sucking yeah. it in being like isn't this just a great smell isn't it great <laughs> yeah. the students and, and so are popping and
1: hacking and, and so we see Aiko like literally try to dodge duck uh, from under the smoke we and see S- we see, Di- um, we see diane, diane cast
0: a spell and like clear the air around her yep, yep. Mm-hmm. and we see
1: susie stick her head in and take a deep breath just, and love it.
0: She loves it. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple other classes. Um, and by the end of the classes, it's not, It's like lunchtime uh-huh. and uh, poor Akko oh. is. And it was, uh, it was during. Like she's just, she can't take it anymore.
1: It was during one of those classes that uh, Susie brews a little potion and drops it onto Akko's ponytail, which converts into a sprouted plant. <laughs>
0: I missed that bit, but I did see the sprouted plant plant from then on. Yeah.
1: Uh, that's what happens is that mm -hmm. the sprouted plant came from Susie, just dropping a little bit of her potion on it. And Mm -hmm. so this is just something Susie does as she makes magic potions, drops, puts a little drop on it and things happen. Mm -hmm. Well, we, uh, then that comes into play seriously in episode three, which
0: is, uh, going to be pretty funny. Well, uh, she, yeah. And then they have lunch. Um, and, uh, I forget how it's brought up, but she has that wand and some of the other other. Oh, she's praising. Um, that's right, she's praising sh- praising Shining Chariot for being like the greatest witch of all time. Diana walks up and says, "Nobody in the world of magic takes her seriously at all." And and Akko's just like, "No, that's not true. She's the greatest wizard of. She's the greatest witch of all time. She's incredible. She's super popular. People love her." It's like, "No," and Diana is like. Again, not rude. She's just like kind of informing her, no, she's not. Nobody takes yes. her seriously here. She... Like that,
1: that was true years ago.
0: Uh huh. But that she just was
1: famous for a time. But yeah, I mean, the, she comes from a world where there are centuries of tradition. And that, and Shining Chariot would have been a flash in the pan during that.
0: Mm-hmm. Tra- during the... That's like saying, and some of our viewers, a lot of our viewers may not know who I'm talking about, but Red Skeleton. Red Skelton. Red, Red Skelton, thank you very much. Saying that he's the greatest, uh, uh, you know, uh, comedian of all time. Mm. Brilliant for his era. Great guy. Can you really call it, like, he, he was super popular for his time, but nobody knows who he is these days. Right. You know, nobody right. knows it's, who he it's, is.
1: It's, or it, it's, uh, Victor it's, Borges, you know. Vic, Victor Borges. Victor Borge.
0: Yeah, Victor Borge, yeah. He's genius. Comic genius for his time. People who Inflationary him, him, But a lot of people don't know him anymore.
1: It's sad. Inflationary dialogue. Yep.
0: yep. Uh, He makes sound effects and gestures with his finger. He makes sound effects and finger gestures with every single um, point of punctuation in this terrible short story that he's reading. And the short story is awful. But he's just like, period. Comma. Exclamation point. You know? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, comic genius. Anyway, so that's like saying you know, no one really knows who it is. And I guess kind of in anime, it would be you know, um, oh, what's a good example in anime? Um,
1: like Astro Boy has a huge. Um, mm-hmm.
0: like
1: everybody knew. Everybody knows who Astro Boy is, even if you've never seen a single
0: episode, because
1: he because he has such a long legacy. Oh,
0: yeah. Whereas, but, whereas I was actually it, going to say Project Echo yeah project A like astro boy is different because everyone knows astro boy everyone yeah. knows astro boy project Echo, though huge for its time especially here in america you know it was one of the biggest anime movies for years here in america but that's also what? because we didn't have a lot here mm-hmm. who knows project Echo these days that's not an old school anime fan you know yeah. so yeah it, it's like that anyways so now we've now we've beaten that horse to death twice um she the uh In order to prove that the wand she has is Shining Chariot's wand, Akko tries to cast a spell with it. But she She can't. No matter what she does, it just doesn't work. And um, Diana then casts a spell on this this statue, making Akko think the statue's coming to life. Mm -hmm. Um, And this entire time, Akko's little ponytail, um, or whatever that... I don't think it's called a ponytail, I'm not quite sure what it's called... Um, her hairstyle, it's got that plant at the end of it. Yeah, the sprouted plant. The sprouted plant. And uh, this statue leans in, and uh, Akko starts freaking out at this thing. And the statue leans down, grabs the sprout, and plucks it out of her head. <laughs> and then her it, hair turns
1: to it, it does. And, <laughs> and something interesting about that is that just... The animation itself really kind of loses a bit of fluidity and becomes kind of raw during that yeah. moment mm-hmm. the animation and it's that there's an emotional feel to it this there's, there's this you know this incredible vulnerability that is the animation style at that particular moment i mean there's so it's it draws you in even though it, it looks unpolished it looks like maybe they hadn't quite put the budget they should into the scene but it look but It felt deliberate. It felt like this was a good moment for a raw, stylistic choice, Mm animation-wise. And I liked
0: it. Mm -hmm. Same here. Uh, Anyway, kind of moving on. Um, This entire time, uh, Ursula-sensei is watching from a window. Yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, Diana then walks off after having, you know, fixed uh, Akko's hair.
1: After having Cougar um, Point, have, and then there's a mm. then there's a st- side story about a uh, this tree that lives on the campus, this ancient tree of yore, that uh, it, that has... for some reason is dying, and um, it was uh, Ursula's job to figure out why, mm-hmm. and she's behind on her task or something like that. Mm-hmm. So. Um ugh. and so there's this there's this whole bit about uh that the tree is dying and um well uh Diana finds out about it and decides because she's the best student with the best skills that it's, it should be under her responsibility to help however she can. Mm-hmm. And so she gets her friends to help her create a magic circle wherein she um Uh, imbues the tree with uh, more nutrients and more life Mm -hmm. with a magic spell. Yep. And what she does, and uh, in the meantime, just outside of this area, uh, the three main girls are learning about uh, Akko's collection of cards and Mm -hmm. um, everything and how she has basically every bit of every card memorized and. Is teaching them how to play a card game that's included with these collectible cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she, you know, at that point that she kind of reveals that there was a card that she doesn't have that she wishes she did. It was a collector's item that she was never rich enough to buy. It was, mm-hmm. she only ever saw it once in a display window of a store that was called in English, The Awesome Store. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I want to open a store called The Awesome Store and just fill it with things that I like. I it must be an awesome shop or something like mm-hmm. that. Well, like, and I, like, I just fill with things that I find that are awesome. And someone comes in and is just like, well, this stuff isn't awesome. I'll be like, well, start your own awesome store then. <laughs> uh, Get out of a, my awesome store.
1: Yeah. There's, there's a place in the Riverwoods, uh, in the shopping center near where I live that, uh, uh, it's not a, it's not a store. It's just a museum that somebody, a person, a private collection of movie props. Uh, including some Harry Potter stuff, some Lord of the Rings stuff. Um, and it was there that I actually got a photo of myself holding the, uh, the Jurassic Park, uh, Barbasol can that opens up and has the, so I have a photo of myself holding that prop, um, from that store. And it's actually a a pretty cool little place to just wander around and see the different things. I think they have like, they had an original printing signed uh, of Lord of the Rings signed by Gerald Tolkien. Like an early printing of it mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, so, yeah, that's an awesome store that you could take uh, examples from. Okay. Uh, let's see, what else do they have? Um, but, no, yeah, so this, uh, uh, the, the they're playing cards is interrupted by a root popping out of the ground, mm-hmm. uh, magically. Yeah, um, uh, they're playing the, a the card game talks. that
0: apparently only Akko knows the rules to. Yes,
1: and keeps winning nine times out
0: of nine. Yeah, yep, nine wins in a row. This is just like, I don't understand how you can do things with these cards that aren't actually written down on them. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, this this root comes out and starts uh, tearing across, uh, tearing the, the land apart, and they see it's happening all across the school. And so they run in and they see Diane, uh-huh. and Diane sees all these pods on the roots and she and she sees the nutrients that she was giving to the tree going to these pods yeah um, well and so we cut, she immediately so, assumes that they're parasites but we cut to Ursula sensei who's reading a book in the library right now and she's just like oh this is great uh, it's like ah, oh, that's what I thought you know yapari is what she says in Japanese um, and so yeah she's reading and, and she, and she, that, that she sees a that good thing and she sees that same pod she says then we're close to seeing a miracle happen. And then it cuts back in there, and uh, the girls are trying to ask um, uh, Diana what happened. And Diana says that these, uh, these, uh, these parasites are eating this tree. This tree is apparently like the home of, of a soul of an ancient witch. Mm. Um, and it's a holy symbol of their school, um, or something along those lines. Anyways, and she I starts if it's casting. It's Luna spells. Nova herself. Might be, might be. I, I, name, I, I, yeah, I did, I did write down the name. I was taking notes when they said it. Um, uh. But anyways, um, Di- Diana um, starts casting spells to destroy these pods. Well, uh, well, Akko recognizes the symbol on one of these pods or the markings on it. And she says, don't, stop casting that spell. And she st- jumps in front of one. Mm-hmm. And Diana says, no, these are, I need to destroy these things. Otherwise it's going to kill our tree. She then turns her wand on another one and casts this spell at it. To which Akko then jumps in front of the spell and gets hit by it. Mm -hmm. Freaking Diana out. Um, And the other girls go to her and she says, no, don't touch these things. These things are home of, I forget what they're called, but there's a special type of butterfly that flies across. They mentioned this earlier in the episode. That uh, It's one of the cards that she has and that's why she's able to recognize it. Um, That it's a, a butterfly that only appears once every 120 years and it flies across five continents before it dies um and people who see it are said to have happiness um and she's like please don't these uh it's this is these things are sacred we can't have that we can't do this um and as she says that the staff starts glowing Mm -hmm. uh she then picks up the staff and she casts a spell and Which all the...
1: the spell was written on the bottom of the card th- that was of these butterflies, mm-hmm. but she didn't know how to pronounce it. And it's at that point that Diana takes a look at the card and tells her the correct pronunciation of the spell.
0: Mm-hmm. And so she, so she, she casts this spell and this spell undoes all the damage that Diana did to these pods and these pods split open and these butterflies come out. They look like fairies, but they call them butterflies. Yeah. Um, little, or something like that. little glowing golden women with four, four arms two legs and just beautiful butterfly wings and they start flying out um, and then hundreds of these things start flying off of the tree and flying off into the sky and we see Ursula seeing it happen and she knows what happened uh, she understands what happened um, and then it goes uh, it goes back and the three girls are out running amongst the butterflies having the time of their lives Um, and the headmaster and her friends, uh, Diana's friends come in and the headmaster gives Diana all the credit for doing this incredible thing, for saving the tree and releasing these butterflies. And Diana's trying to tell her, no, I didn't do this. It wasn't me. She doesn't want to take the credit for it because it's not her, but they're really not giving her a chance to speak. Um, and I wrote down that I really, really appreciate that Diana is a good person. Like yeah, she has different breedings. and she treats people differently just because of her upbringing, um, but she's not the stereotypical. She's actually kind of cold and callous, even to the yeah. girls
1: that she. She's cold to the girls that talk positively about yeah. her. Yeah, and that's what I said up.
0: before. She, she wears the same mask around them, but she uh, she's not the archetypical you know best student in the school who uh, sees. Um, sees Akko as a threat to her status. Mm-hmm. She doesn't. She's not like that. No. Um, she sees the good in Akko and realizes that Akko just, you know, just loves magic. <laughs> That's all she cares about is cool magic. Um, yeah. So she doesn't feel threatened by her. And I really like that she's just a good person. She just has a rough exterior. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was glad it wasn't one of those typical breaking down into being rival type thing. At least it hasn't done that yet. I kind of hope it doesn't do that. But anyway, yeah. um, next episode. Next episode
1: skip- is, uh, um, is the episode where they have to learn how to, where, uh, Akko has to learn how to ride a broom, fly, fly a broom. Um, and the episode starts off with, uh, Ursula sensei, um, meeting Akko in her bedroom
0: with, with a school issued broom for her. And just first time she's introduced her as her, as her counselor. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so she's been met... watching, but she hasn't
1: quite interacted with them directly. Despite mm-hmm. attempts, she has not interacted with them directly
0: yet. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I keep wanting to call her Ashia or like, um... no, it wasn't Ashia. I'm trying to remember what they said in Japanese. But, um, white Ursula, is it? it's not. It's not Ursula, um, but, anyways, um, Ashura is what they were calling her, Ash- Ashura, ah. which reminded me of like you know, the god Ashura, yeah, that's what it sounded like to me, that's what they were saying in Japanese, um, but in English, it's Ursula, mm. um, so that's what we're just gonna keep calling her Ursula just because we've been doing that this entire time, but she yeah. gives her the broom. Akko gets super excited about having her broom. They have flying lessons that day. She tries uh, to fly.
1: So well, be- before she goes to the flying lessons, and we we're gonna uh, talk about these, and it's great. But before she gets to the flying lessons, um, it's at that point that uh so while before Akko receives the broom, she's in her room trying to practice spells with her wand against the books in her room to try to lift them up or do something and it's then that Ursula says that uh recognizes the the wand she's using and uh Akko says yes I found it and I'm holding on to it until I can find Shining Chariot to give it back to her at which point Ursula says well you found it maybe you should hold on to it which made me immediately think okay Ursula's probably Shining Chariot that was the moment for me. I'm like Ursula is shining chariot in hiding. So why she's not she's not cut out to be a teacher, really. She's too flamboyant. And so she and so she can't, you know, mask herself as a teacher. She has a bird by the same name as a plushie that Akko has, and Akko's obsessed with Oh yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure that that's going to be the punchline. That's the moment when I first started suspecting.
0: Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah, you never I, know. I'm. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've, I kind of suspected as well. Either and like, there's multiple times they, in this they, episode
1: they, they, where they really hinted at it this, during this episode. They
0: really hinted at it strongly at this episode. I mean, this episode we learn about the um, about a relay race. Uh, uh, where they ride brooms and they have to pass a ring between the riders, uh, or the racers, in order to to progress.
1: And Shining um, Chariot was one of
0: the uh, the previous winners. Shining Chariot won that year, her year at school. And there's this picture of her. And later on, um, we see uh, at near the, I think at the end of the episode, we see Ursula looking at the picture of Shining Chariot winning. So either she is Shining Chariot in disguise, or she's related to her somehow. Yeah. it's very very obvious in this episode. Um but anyways, um she goes to flying class and she just no matter how hard she tries she can't do it. The teacher gives her all the advice that she can but she just can't do it. And this teacher is dressed up in like avi like World War 1 aviator uh regalia. And she even uh-huh. has like a parachute uh hanging off her butt like they would as World War 1 pilots, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, she's got this great outfit. Um, anyways, um, she can't fly. And oh, uh, some one of the girls, this redheaded girl, is doing all these acrobatic stunts in the air and gets chewed up by the teacher because you're not supposed to do that in class. And then it shows uh, Diana being super fast and incredibly good with her, uh, like and like stopping on a dime type thing on her broom and whatnot, yeah. um, breaking records, uh, with what she's able speed to speed do,
1: records, yeah. <laughs>
0: but the entire time poor Akko can't do a thing. She cannot fly. Um so later on, um she uh well and she she gets a book from Ursula Sensei. Yeah. That's which is a children's a book. A children's it's... book for helping you to fly yeah. and some of the advice is be sure you clean with your broom because that with what's the that's the broom's purpose so fulfill its purpose and it will help you to fly more and so she cleans with it for like 30 seconds and then tries to fly again nothing she then threatens she it doesn't by even putting cle-
1: it on the bench she sweeps the grass, yeah, she sweeps she the grass she's with not it. actually cleaning she's just pretending to clean
0: and so she then puts the broom on the bench and she goes after it with a six like hey you you need to let me fly, otherwise this is going to happen to you. And she breaks the stick against her knee, can't fly, still doesn't yeah. happen. So this entire time she's trying to fly and it just doesn't work. Um, And it cuts to- uh, She begs it. She
1: gets on her knees and prostrates herself to and begs, please let me fly.
0: She wants to follow in the footsteps of Shining Chariot. She wants to win this race just like Shining Chariot did her idol. And- uh. And then uh, Lott, uh, Lottie and Susie go up to her and say, look, you should just give up. I mean, the race is, the relay race is really close. So you're not going to be able to participate in it. And she's like, well, you, you kind of have to. What do you mean? Because I signed all of us up for it. And she shows the <laughs> the list for it. Yeah. And now the girls know that they have to participate in this. Otherwise, it's going to be a bad mark on their grades for dropping out. Uh, and so they well, try to help her learn how to fly. In a very, very Looney Tunes esque well, montage. For, for, for just a moment. Susie
1: was willing to for the bad grade, didn't care. Just, right, I guess we'll just have to forfeit. And then they find out that every, that the potions teacher is deciding what the prize oh, that's right. is. Mm-hmm. And she's like, so a prize from the potions teacher? We're winning this.
0: <laughs> mm hmm. And so they have this montage to get to get to help uh, Otko learn how to fly, and this montage is just—we both wrote this straight out of Looney
1: Tunes. So, (laughs) so so the first one, so on the school campus, there's this giant tower that's been established. Is there, and they take her to one of the high points of the tower, wrap her body and the uh, the bungee and the um, broom in this bungee cord, and then. Susie, with enough with a nudge to the nose, pushes her off a ledge,
0: and she just falls. And it's this massive bungee cord where she just keeps bouncing back up and down. <laughs> uh, the next bit, she then... Uh, uh, the next bit, they put her in a cannon and with down. her on top of her broom, and they shoot her out of a cannon to get her to try to fly. Doesn't work. She lands and just crashes. Yep. And then the last bit is Susie... Dragging her behind her on a rope, where Susie is flying, and she's trying to get some lift just by running.
1: <laughs> kind so of when, uh, reminded me of when montage kind of It actually reminded me of when Biff was dragging uh, McFly on uh, mm. Marty McFly behind this horse in uh, Back to the Future 3 as he's just rolling around trying not to get killed by this event. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like just tracking around. Like, Oh man! but eventually yeah, so so she never learns, and then it's established that um so in the first so we mentioned in the first episode that uh lottie's uh, uh broom broke well, they have to go to a shop in town that happens to that where her broom was getting fixed, and so they go to get it to go pick it up. It's, and a a,
0: and, it's a magic and shop, and Akka really cafe. wants
1: to go. And so Akka's excited to go and check it out. And they go, and they check it out. And it's... um. And it's a little bit creepy, and the cafe is just literally just four seats at a bar at the end uh, in one tiny little corner. And it's, it's like, this is not what I was picturing at all. But in, in one of the back... And like, so is looking at all these different things that says, eat this candy to turn into the tongue of a chameleon. <laughs> like,
0: and she's just like, oh, like ew, oh, gross. I
1: don't believe any of these. And then she goes over and there's, there's a rattling coming from a glass case. Mm-hmm. And she looks over and there appears to be a broom with a spearhead in the front, all in red, shaking and rattling itself, trying to break free of the chains and binds that it's in. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like, what's this? Well, you know, the sorcerer's stone, there's a giant stone of magic at the top of that tower. And the magic it emanates is where all of the witches get their powers from and can cast magic from that. Uh This thing has been imbued with so much magic that it can fly all around the world without being near um the sorcerer's stone but because it has a will of its own uh because it has so much magical power it has a will of its own so it'll shake off its rider and keep flying but this thing can fly faster than a jet uh according to the shopkeep and uh she asks to like i could ride that one let me ride that one He's like no because of how much danger it
0: is. Well, he's like, if I let that out of the box, my the boss, my my boss will get angry at me. Yeah. So, and then we he, cut back. The, he says the owner. And I the didn't owner. realize
1: if that if that meant the boss of the owner of the shop, or if the fact that there is an owner of that uh, particular broom and it's being kept there for
0: for safekeeping. The, the way he said it in Japanese, it made me think, made me believe that it was. Uh, that it was the, awesome. the owner of the shop. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, okay. Because I didn't catch that, but
0: um, I don't know Japanese as well as you. So. Mm-hmm. But anyways, he... Uh, so we then cut and we see the red-headed girl who's doing all the acrobatic tricks. Uh, leaning and hearing about how powerful that broom is. Um, we then cut to the day of the... Um, the day of the, uh, of the race of the relay race. Yeah. And S- Susie is telling, um, uh, Akko or that yeah, Don't worry about it. Like we've got this in the bag and she, and, uh, somebody's interviewing some people. Um, and it's revealed that the girl with the red hair, she's hiding something underneath a, a, a tarp that is shaking. Yes. Implying very heavily that she stole the broom. She um, so it, anyways, uh, the first one up is, um, of the three girls is Lottie and they're about to start the race and she casts her spell. They, they fire their projectile, whatever it is. It's like a little gun that shoots a magic bullet. Um, they into the air and all the girls cast their spells, fly up, except the one that flies up is Lottie. Yep, all the other ones are stuck. <laughs> all the other ones are stuck. He's like, wait, wait, what's going on? The announcer starts uh, uh, crying out, saying that Lati is getting a head start. What's going on? Everyone else is stuck. And it cuts over to the other girls, and all of their brooms are stuck to the ground. B-
1: branches have grown up and latched onto the uh, mm-hmm. the the hay, uh, the bristles of their brooms. have mm-hmm. grown up from the wood pl- plank that they're on, and those are very... S- and we realize immediately that this is well, another Su- one of Susie's potions.
0: It cuts to Susie and she's grinning. Yes. Susie's cheating to help them win. Quite openly. Yeah. She wants that potion. <laughs> and so after a bit, uh, Lottie gets to Susie. Susie then flies off. Um, and, uh, the
1: girls, uh, start, uh, well, while Otta gets to Susie, another one of the flyers who had turned their um, their their broom into a cross between a motorcycle and a helicopter. <laughs> it was a propeller based, which even had. Now this was the most dangerous thing for, for me. It was that it had a, a a blade that was parallel to the pilot's face on the front end of the uh, of the broom. That is the same as the tail end fan of a. Uh, of a helicopter that keeps it from just spinning around uncontrollably. Mm-hmm. But that was on the front, right in front of the face of the pilot. But
0: mm-hmm. this thing had uh, had a, a muffler and... Um, right next to the hay, which has already been established so that if the hay catches on fire, you lose your ability to fly.
1: Yes, that's established too. <laughs> but uh, she's
0: doing it anyways.
1: But, but she has a propeller as well. And so she, she beats... Um, uh, she beats Lottie to the second uh, portion of the relay,
0: but... Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and, and that and who gets the ring next? The person who gets the ring, I forget what her name is, but she is this person who's established that she loves food. That yep. she's the king of eating at their school. And so she's sitting on her broom, broom side straddle. And she's eating chips as she's flying along. But then all of a sudden she veers off course because somebody has tied up donuts hanging from tree branches. And she starts eating the donuts as she's go And she just veers off course as she's <laughs> eating them. Giving Susie, who's obviously the one who set this trap up, yeah. enough time to go there and get to, um, get to Akko. Yeah. Who's standing next to Diana. And Diana is just like, what the crap are you guys doing? Uh, and then, like, <laughs> Susie, then, or, uh, Susie passes off the ring to um, to Akko. And Akko's like, ha! And she pulls out this potion and pours it on her broom, because she still uh, can't fly. Yeah. Well, the broom turns... The, the hay it turns, turns into, into a, frog a single frog leg. <laughs> and she starts jumping from thing to thing on this frog leg. You know the pogo stick reference? And... Uh, you're like, this is a weird turn of events. I mean she she's still on her broom, so she's technically allowed to do this. That's an awful <laughs> way to fly. Uh-huh. Diane. Diane is just like, what a terrible way to I fly. Guess. But they're they're going. They're just going and cruising.
1: Well, as she's going along, um, eventually the person who is supposed to get Diane to get going makes it to the uh makes it to Diane and Diane is able to go. Um also, the girl with the donuts makes it to the redhead with the uh, the special um, the special broomstick mm-hmm. uh, the, with a mind of its own. Well, they're flying along for a while, when the uh, the announcer says, "Okay, so the cheaters haven't been disqualified, but the girl." With the broom, with the broomstick, with the mind of its own, that the one that she brought along is disqualified because she's not holding the totem. Yeah, she's, she's holding
0: a donut. Yeah, she doesn't realize it, uh, but she, yeah, so she lost the donut. Uh, well, she lost because she's holding the donut. Um, well, the broom gets away from her. Hmm. Uh, anyways, uh, uh, Akko loses her broom, and so her yep. only chance of winning is taking that flying broom. Uh And so she gets on the flying broom and she does a fairly decent job of staying on top of it. She keeps grabbing the chain and getting on it um, Uh and just uh, but eventually uh, the broom is too much for her to handle and she falls off and she falls off from pretty high up. She gets caught by Diana. Yes. Diana puts her down and says, this is me repaying you for what you did earlier. My debt is now zero. We're even. even." Um, She then gets up and goes off and uh and returns to the race and uh akko's just like i'm not losing this and so she sees the she sees she she finds the red broom flying through the air again she runs off grabs the cannon Uh, yes (laughs) aims the cannon at the broom ignites the cannon and then jumps inside of it just in time for it to launch her at this broom. She then grabs the front of the broom, flips herself in front of it, grabs the chain, flips it around her so she is now tied to the broom. Yes, the chain tied around pilots her waist. And the broom in like this super intense, and I shared the picture with you that I found of it, but there's a yes. super intense scene where she's just like got this maniacal grin on her face as the yeah. the wind forces are just like flapping her chinks and stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so you shared a picture of that with me, and I'm like, so you're on episode three already. <laughs> it was like, no, not yet. Like, oh well, spoilers.
0: And eh, it wasn't much of a spoiler. <laughs> uh but yeah, That's like I was looking at, on this show. I was looking at pictures because I saw the movie of this years ago. Um, and I but I I couldn't recognize Locke. Like I remembered Susie and I remembered uh Akko as the main characters. <laughs> um as two of the three girls but i could not remember Lottie at all so i was looking at pictures of little my hero academia or not my hero academy my little witch academy Uh, and that was one of the first results and it was like oh my gosh what an amazing picture and i just shared it with you and like oh so you're on episode three i'm like no not yet yeah it's it's
1: great and it's great in animation too it's 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 so good it's a perfect still frame and Uh it's great as it's animated too, it's mm-hmm.
0: fantastic. Uh, but anyways, she uh, she then gets back in the race, and this is when uh, yeah, uh, she is then in second with Diane, and this is actually when the uh, the red haired girl joins back into the race, and she's catching up. But that's when she gets disqualified because she has a donut instead of having the yep. ring. So then it's then between Diana and um, and Akko. And oh. Akko is catching up. She's about to pass her. But then the chain breaks off. The metal bolts holding, you know, that she's been using as a hand to hold uh-huh. break off. And she just falls. And she falls and tumbles and lands. And uh, it shows, a, it then cuts and it shows a picture showing that uh, Diane and her team won. They got first place in this relay. Yeah. And she's kind of upset at it. She's kind of sad, but she knows that, you know, there's always next time. Um, yeah, she got second place though, and nobody, she, yeah, she got, got second place as somebody nobody who couldn't fly, fly a broom, a broom. Got second place. yeah, yeah. And then that's when we see, um, Ursula, um, looking at the picture.
1: Now, there was something um, else is that, uh, when once once all of the chains and all of the, uh, the locks had broken off of the broom, its tail had spread out to look like bird wings,
0: bird wings. Mm-hmm. I want to
1: say that. I want to say it was the same broom that um uh that shining chariot was using during her uh display that she was riding on top of and that's how she could do magic so far away and do you know shows for the general public was that she had these magic items that didn't require stuff. So i, th- I, always, I, I thought it was i thought it was shining chariot's broom eventually established and that and that was looking for its master and
0: can't find her mm-hmm maybe i don't know i'll have to look into that uh but anyways um that's it for the first three episodes yes what are your final thoughts i love it i am going to absolutely
1: get my kids to sit down with me and watch this with me
0: good i want to watch more of it too because i loved the movie i thought the movie was fantastic and just kind of a little bit of the of the history of this show this started off as a short film back in uh 2013 it was a short film Mm um and there was, it was later then streamed on YouTube with English subtitles in April of that same year. Uh, it became so popular that they made a Kickstarter for a movie. Um, and that movie was, that Kickstarter then went through, and it was, that movie was released in 2015, October 2015. That movie was then posted on Netflix. The movie became so popular and was so well loved, they made two seasons of the anime. Okay. Oh, okay. This has had an so, incredible so movie... journey. So movie first and then the show, do you think? It w- it was the short movie. It was then the full movie because of the Kickstarter project, and then the. I'm wondering what of-
1: order to watch it in then.
0: Oh, order to watch it in? Yes. I'd say the order that they was re- it was released in. So, okay. I mean, the the girls are already established as friends, and they're in the middle of school, and uh, she wants. And it, it it's called Little Witch Acad- Academia: The Enchanted Parade, and um, it's kind of the school festival. And she wants to do this cool kind of thing for her hero, the 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 witch that she loves and nobody else does. But no one wants her to do it because that no one likes that witch but her. So uh, that's still established. Um, but it, the movie just kind of goes into it. They're already friends. They're already classmates. Um, it establishes their personalities really, really well. I will say that in the movie, though, um, uh, Susie is... A lot creepier but kind of in a more adorable way uh, she's really skinny and kind of walks and moves in a very creepy manner um but is anyways she,
1: is she anything like the occult girls from uh asobi asobase and the uh the
0: cookies it's- Maybe. I don't remember. It's been years since I watched the movie. Okay. Movie. I just remember really liking it. Uh-huh. Um, But the anime, the first three episodes have been absolutely delightful. So I definitely plan on watching more. Especially since it's now October. I can have a, an excuse just to sit down and watch it. <sighs> uh, bless you. Great. Thank you. Okay. So, yeah. That's it for Little Witch Academia. Um, Let's go ahead and move on to next week's episode. Which is going to be another school that has Halloween elements to it. Um, and this is, we're going to be watching the first three episodes of Soul Eater. Now, Ooh. the description is, I took from Crunchyroll, because Crunchyroll used to have it, they still have the, the page up, but I'm pre- pretty sure they removed the episodes due to the, um, breaking up with Funimation. Ah. Soul Eater, however, is still up on Netflix, so we can stream it on Netflix. Great. I own it on Blu-ray regardless, so I can go ahead and watch it uh, on my own, but I'll probably just be streaming it on Netflix. Uh, but anyways, um... The description is from Crunchyroll. just wanted to go ahead and clarify that. Uh We'll we'll be watching it on Netflix. Okay. Maka's a meister and her soul. And soul is her weapon. I'm going to go ahead and say that again. Uh Maka is a meister and soul is her weapon. And they're a freaking lethal team in battle against the monsters and ghouls that feed on innocent souls. That's when soul transforms literally into a razor sharp scythe and maka wields her partner and unleashes her inner slain fighting alongside their meister weapon classmates maka and soul are the world's last line of defense against evil all right they go to a school that was made by the grim reaper yes for the sole purpose of training people to hunt down witches if that's not Halloween for you in anime, I don't know what is. And no, we're probably not going to be watching Devilman Crybaby, okay? that's We try to keep this kind of for younger audiences. Sure. We're not going to watch Devilman Crybaby. Don't suggest it. Well, suggest it, but we will ignore you. Or maybe, you know, give you a franny face response. Uh. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's what we're going to be watching for next week. Great. All right, well, that's it for three episodes in. We are now on recommendation of the week, and it was your recommendation this week. It is my recommendation, and I'm going to
1: recommend an anime that my kids had been watching in their after-school anime club that they wanted me to uh, get involved in, and I'm now completely caught up on it and can't wait for the next episode. It's a new series that came out this season called Dr. Stone.
0: I'm up to date on the manga. It's fantastic.
1: (laughs) So Dr. Stone, every time I watch it... I keep thinking that this has got to be this Minecraft the anime, <laughs> because you have these characters that are based on the premise of the show, basically spawning into a world of pure raw resources out in the wild, and but with modern intellects, and so they're they're creating. Tools out of stone. They're building houses for protect to protect themselves from the elements and creatures in the area. And then they're smelting metals and making glass and doing. It's like, okay, that's uh, more Minecraft. More Minecraft. Yeah, that's yeah, that, that that's something else you can do in Minecraft. Is my experience mm-hmm. with the show so far. Well, now it's it's delightful and mm-hmm. it's got great characters and a great uh premise. Um very interesting. So the premise of the show is that in our modern day suddenly all of a sudden everybody is turned to stone and then people start waking up from being turned to stone 3700 years later. Um, and so most of civilization is wiped out and slowly people are being reintroduced into the ecosystem. And this guy, this one guy who, um, the main character of the show is a kid who decided at a young age, he wanted to be an astronaut, but he didn't want to have to wait for anybody else. And so he learned as much science as possible to get himself into space. And so he learned as many as many things as possible about science. Mm-hmm. But as, as a result, uh, didn't spend nearly enough time uh, on his own body. So he has low physical endurance and things of that nature. he, so he needs some muscles. Uh, the reason the show is actually called Dr. Stone, as uh, established in the first three episodes, was that um, he, he, the main character is not called Dr. Stone. It just so happens that one of the first inventions that they make is a bar of soap. Which is the closest thing they have to medical science, because good hygiene is what separated early man from uh, the ability to mm-hmm. uh, to have a longer life and to avoid infection. And, and so, that plays
0: a key role because he ends up saving somebody's life because of good hygiene. Yeah. So, which what leads into saving that person's life. So and so,
1: the, and so, a bar of soap is called the Doctor
0: Stone. Hmm. Um. Uh, yeah. The manga is incredible. I absolutely love it. And I don't think this is a spoiler to say that the main character Senku is an evil genius. No, and that, he has some of the most of delightful. pretty early on. <laughs> it's facial They experiment. have some amazing just evil grin animations and drawings of him. Yeah. So good. <laughs>
1: He's a mad scientist and some of his facial expressions are priceless. Uh-huh. So yeah. Highly it's recommend. So good. Give it a watch.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well that's it for recommendation of the week. It's now yep. creator shout-out time, and it's my turn. And I want to give a shout-out to, and this is someone who I've been wanting to give a shout-out to a while. they I have kind of like a folder of artists that I want to give shout-outs to when I come across their stuff, but I want to give a shout-out to Dennis um Eastom, Eastoman. I'm probably saying the name wrong. An incredible artist that once again I came across on Imgur. Um I'm gonna go ahead and send you the um, the link of his stuff that I found on Imgur. Um, the top one is a great art, uh, a piece of Lincoln Zelda, and under that, there's uh, he's got Evangelion, there's some Studio Ghibli inspired pieces, Mm -hmm. um, and then you know, just some you know, modern uh, paintings of uh, different landscapes and cityscapes and things like that um but yeah we have his link to uh his twitter and his link to uh his art station page and he's just got some absolutely incredible art go ahead and give this guy uh you know give this guy a look and if you want to go ahead and support him go ahead and purchase some of his stuff i'm taking a look at his gallery here and he's got some
1: fantastic landscapes uh is quite the mastery of color and composition Mm -hmm. i i'm just adoring this this is this is fantastic
0: Awesome, awesome
1: stuff. Oh yeah, some of his Zelda stuff reminds me of a little clip that I saw. Somebody had uh, come up with, um, uh, you you know, uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. You have a Sheikah slate, and that slate you have certain powers that you can select Mm -hmm. from. You have the bombs, you have the camera, you have various other elements. Um, But one of the funniest bits that I've seen is well, somebody added um, a motorcycle to the list in this uh in this photo edit and then because there is a legend of zelda themed motorcycle that you can ride in mario kart 8 yeah the master for, cycle mm-hmm. the master cycle and so they just <laughs> put a motorcycle into breath of the wild for fun for a uh, for this little clip so I need to see if I can't find a way of sharing that with you. It okay. was a thing on Facebook I saw.
0: And, okay. So. All right. Anyway. Uh, okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening in this week or watching it. If you were, uh, watched us on YouTube, if you watched us on YouTube, feels, please feel free to like our episode and subscribe to our channel. Um, if you like what we do and want to support us, please share our channel with your friends. Uh, where can they find us on social media?
1: Our site, WhitakerWeekly.com, currently has the links to our Facebook page, Twitter account, and YouTube channel. We encourage all our listeners to follow us on the social media platform of their preference, and if there's one we're not on yet, please reach out to us on one of the ones we've mentioned, and we'll broaden our scope to include you.
0: Okay. Well, um, I want to give a shout-out to Ben Coombs for providing the artwork for our our website and for our podcast. And a special thanks to Brazmataz for whose song
1: "Drykolk" we use to the opening and closing song for our podcast.
0: All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in for another episode. I've been Andrew. I've been Lee. And this has been Whitaker Weekly. You guys have a great week.